0: Hello, I'm John Hastings and welcome to the Divorce Dads podcast where I help dads recover, refocus and rebuild their lives pre and post divorce. So today we are looking at the stages of grief. So any end of a relationship is is pretty much like somebody dying. It's very similar to that. So you're going to go through different emotions and a process where at first we'll uh, talk about the popularized stages where they are denial, pain and fear, anger, bargaining, guilt, depression, and then finally acceptance. But then on top of this popularized theory, I'll be looking at the Hawkins scale of consciousness and see if we can relate grief to that. Because I feel it might be a better way of understanding this grief process. But I think just having the awareness of where you're at on this, uh, on this scale can be super insightful for you. And just understanding what stage you're at, at what time, you might be able to sort of raise your consciousness to say, okay, look maybe I'm in denial here about this, or this is this anger is, is normal for me at this stage. And then you can sort of see yourself moving in different trajectories. And definitely when I talk about the Hawkins scale of consciousness, you're probably going to predict where you're at. And it's pretty useful, especially when you self-reflect. You can say, right, I'm at apathy at the moment. I'm in a type of a victim state. I'm I'm blaming everybody. Then you can say, I'm dropping down to guilt. I feel shame. Then you might rise up your consciousness. You might move into anger, which is a higher frequency, which might be better for you. And then you might move up to that courage, which we would call maybe acceptance, which is a much higher frequency. And then eventually you will uh, regulate your emotions and hopefully you will stay at a higher default state of being. So you'll feel better instead of being in a very depressive state for a long period of time. But we'll first of all start off with the first stage, which is denial. So denial is the first stage and it's generally where most people can't believe it's happening really. Whether you've decided to divorce your partner or they have served you, it's still quite a lot to get your head around what is happening in Those moments, and because you don't want to be present to the moment and the pain of reality, then you can go into denial. And it's not just you that can go into denial. Your partner might be in denial about a lot of things, about about what went on in a relationship. About you know, there might be this blame game that's going on, and to self to have the capacity to be able to self reflect and say and hold your hands up and and be honest and say look yeah i was like this i i understand it i was obviously you was trying your best but this was a co-creative experience and you both ended up at this point where you feel like you want to end the relationship or she wants to end the relationship. And there can be, there can be a lot of denial around this. And, and it goes into all sorts of things like addictions as well. Like we said before, the first stage of change is just admitting you've got a problem because the denial is heavy. And the denial is a protective uh, mask around not dealing with the problem. You know, it makes you feel maybe safer short term to ignore it and not face truth because truth can be extremely painful. You know that film that some people can't handle the truth. You know, and that's the same probably for everybody. The truth can be very raw, um, and you some at some points in time you just may not have the capacity to be able to handle it and denial is a function that people use. Some people use this forever. They they go to their grave in denial about who they are, the roles that they played, uh, what's happened to them, and they just can't face, they just they never got to the point of facing some home truths that are painful. But you normally move from this to this denial, then it relates to the next stage. On this, this is a seven-stage one. It's quite a popular uh, grief stage theory. So this would be pain and fear. So once once you've come to terms that the divorce is happening, this is when the pain and fear may set in, and you will ask different questions like, where am I going to live? Uh, will my children be okay? those types of things, and all of this future projection of how your life is going to be may be all-consuming for you. This can be very difficult, overwhelming, and you're thinking about the past. They say that sort of depression is your mind living in the past, and anxiety is your mind living in the future. And where you want to be, really, is to what they call in sort of the meditation realms, is present in the moment. Because normally in the moment, you're okay. It's a painful situation. But as as long as you're present in the moment, right here, right now, then things are okay and things will evolve naturally and everything will unfold the way it is meant to unfold and you've just got to show up with very micro decisions every day just focus on the next thing in front of you not not future projecting too much i know when i was going through this this stage it would be it would literally be hour by hour even sometimes less than that it would be like 10 minute blocks okay what what do i need to do now okay i need to organize my finances Okay, I remember having my flat at the time and my brother came over and it was just paperwork everywhere. And you can imagine it's it's super overwhelming when you've got so many things to organize and you're just thinking about your children and you're thinking about the past and what what you're going to do. And you've got to try to get your mind into the present moment just to deal with the first thing in front of you, because once you do that, you'll be surprised that you feel a lot better. You'll just uh, tick off some of the tasks, and with each with each thing you tick off, there'll be a new level of certainty and a feeling of accomplishment. Okay, I've got that done. That's organized. That's a little bit of weight off of my mind. Another thing that I don't have to focus on. Okay, let's focus on the next thing which might be replying to a solicitor's letter or replying to a text message from your ex or dealing with, there might be some type of drama with the children and you're literally bringing everything down to the moment. It's like, I think, when the tennis player, uh, I watched a documentary, I can't remember what it was, it might be A Nadal, just talking about uh, winning match points and what you're thinking about when it's in a big tournament. You know, they've trained their whole lives for these things. These moments come along. You just, it's match point. What are you thinking about? It's hard to stop your mind from, oh my God, I'm going to win. What what if I miss? Then what are the implications? You know, and it's just, no, it's just focus on the ball. Just, Just this shot. Just let it come naturally through all the training that you've already done. The technique, focus on the moment. You're not future projecting. You're not thinking about the past either. So that's where a lot of this pain and fear can live. But then it moves on to the next stage, which would be anger. So many, many then go on to experience anger as a third stage of grief. It's more like your personal circumstances might dictate this anger, but you may also find that. You're irritated with your partner for the way they're handling the divorce, or perhaps they have served you and you're angry. The marriage is ending and anger is actually an upgrade to pain and fear. It's a higher frequency, which we'll talk about um, later on in this episode in the consciousness levels, but you might be holding or you might have suppressed a lot of anger or You might just be finding it very difficult to channel your emotions and this and and just the smallest things may just trigger you. It could be somebody, you know, somebody cuts in front of you in the in the car and it's your whole life and your trauma of the time just sparks and you feel on edge. You're completely agitated, this angry state. And just know that this is this is very normal. Anger is not a bad emotion. Anger can actually elevate our energy out of situations. Uncontrolled anger is obviously uh, dangerous, but channeled anger—you can channel anger into a lot of uh, productive things that you can do to help yourself. You can even start to get into some sort of sport. Um, or exercise and just release some of that energy somewhere. Speak to somebody, talk through your feelings and, and what, you're, what you're thinking. And it may be some of your belief systems that are not serving you anymore. There might be some resentment, some blame there. And it, eventually, if you do some work on yourself, you can come to the understanding that in all circumstances, everybody's really trying their best even when the circumstances are very negative and it's not personal even in personal attacks it's never really personal it's normally like a a projection of how somebody feels about themselves onto the outside world so holding a lot of anger is not going to serve you long term when you're trying to move forwards but to go into anger at certain points in your life is not a bad thing. It can be an emotional upgrade and it is very useful in uh, certain situations, but a permanent state, not so much. But you move into the fourth stage, which is bargaining. So bargaining can sometimes occur when the spouse being divorced comes to the realization it's going ahead. Typical behaviors may include things like promising to change their behavior or similar in order to revoke or postpone divorce proceedings. So you might have this stage where either you want to get back with your ex or your ex is trying to get back to you. It's like the realization of this thing is actually happening and then there's this bargaining stage of going back and forth. There's in-between of fear and you both might know that it's not right or it's unhealthy or this environment in is toxic but you can sometimes be addicted to the toxicity because it's familiar and this is what this is all you've ever known and now you've come apart from that you feel like you're you don't understand yourself you don't know where you are you feel vulnerable so it could be your, your ex-wife or it could be you wanting to bargain your way back into some type of relationship together um look there's no one shoe fits all in these situations it's a very individual could it could it work when you go back look anything's possible in this in this world but rationally you would say you're still going to have probably all the fundamental problems that you had that uh, that brought you to this conclusion that you both were going to get divorced in the first place, so it's more of that fear that's driving you back into this bargaining stage. I would say you also then would go into the next stage after this bargaining uh, stage, and and again you can float between all of these stages and then hopefully come through the end of it. But The next stage, what it's saying here, would be guilt. So guilt is another factor that can play a big part in a couple's divorce especially in the case where children are involved it is a big change for the entire family it's a it's a huge change uh, and if you felt the divorce is your fault you may find that guilt is something you end up dealing with so if you're the one who said look i'm not happy with this relationship but this means me you know turning over my whole family this means it, 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 it's very, it could feel very destructive for the family, but you're so desperately unhappy that you need to change something. You feel like you need to get out. You're not happy in this partnership, but you know the implications it's going to have. But you've got to say to yourself Is mm-hmm. you staying there and being unhappy? Is that worse? You know, this can have, being in toxic environments, especially for kids, they can pick up on the on the vibe of you and your ex when you was together. All the things that cause the divorce, they are looking at you as leaders and demonstrating what relationships are about. And if that's negative, this is what you're teaching your children about. This is how relationships function. And There might not be any guidance to know what a good relationship looks like. But it doesn't stop you from feeling guilty. There's many different reasons why you might feel guilty. Maybe you had an affair. Maybe you feel a lot of shame and guilt for doing that. But affairs are co-creative. There's environments where in that relationship... Um, something isn't uh, working or functioning or the communication's not there and it's not uncommon that people can then go and look for these things externally. Um, When it comes to light, it obviously can really blow up and there can be a lot of uh, guilt for doing this because, you know, we know what it's like when there's uh, maybe you're having troubles at home and there's sexual tension with somebody else. And if if it's really painful at home and then all of a sudden you're getting all of this excitement, it might be you that's getting this excitement. It could have been your wife that's getting this release from the pain at home in this environment. Then it's easy to, it's it's not beyond the realms of what you would say would be normal really for your your body to want to react and and experience something that's better than the environment that you're in but you don't when when, when you're doing it you, you feel maybe uh, compulsive in doing it all of the hormones in your body are, are driving you that way but it's not until You've, you've done the act and you're in the cold light of day that you're probably going to feel a lot of guilt and shame because it hasn't solved any of your problems. It's sort of just filled a void very temporarily and it probably will make the situation a lot worse. I know somebody who, um, who left... Who said that he didn't want to be with his wife anymore, with no um cheating, nothing like that. And just in these situations, realizing how hard it is to do that, because it sometimes you people have an affair and it is like dropping a grenade on the relationship. It explodes, then everything is not there's not as much choice anymore. There's like, no, this has actually happened now. This is not good. We, nobody trusts each other. We need to get divorced. It's over type of thing. Rather than just actually being honest. And it takes a lot of courage at that point to say, look, I'm not happy. There's no divorces going. There's no um, affairs going on. Um, I just need to communicate this. And you try to work it out. It doesn't work out. But it takes a lot it takes a hell of a lot to to do that but yeah guilt can play a big role and you might feel guilty so much um to do with your children as well you know they're not maybe you don't see them as much you've they've had to uh, move house there might be a family home and all these feelings are going to be gut wrenching for you but what we're doing with this podcast we're trying to Help you find new positive perspectives on this. You know, instead of dwelling on things that are not so good, there are a lot of positives on the other end of this. Uh, this breakup, this divorce, and you've got the potential to be happy and a bit of a a lighthouse, really, an inspiration for your kids to show that you're courageous in your decisions and you want something happier. You want to be happier. You want to be, you want something better in your life and you're actually prepared to make very difficult decisions and you're meant, and you're prepared to go for it. And and that could be the demonstration you show for your, for your children. And remember Not not everything lasts forever. You know, your children may feel um, a lot of pain, some resentment short term, but as long as you're consistent and you keep showing up and you demonstrate uh, unconditional love, support, even when you are feeling very down, I know it's hard to do and you need a bit of a support network around you, but the more you demonstrate and the more you're consistent, then, you know, they the children will feel better and uh, you will in turn feel a lot better as well. But you can't have, you can't take on everybody's emotions on your shoulders. In some sense, people are only responsible for their own emotional state. This is very difficult when it comes to children because you are their guardian. But when it comes to adults, you can't put everybody's weight on your shoulders, everybody's emotional weight on your shoulders all the time because you've got a function. When you're functioning well, you will be the shining light. You will be able to demonstrate really healthy behaviors and then people will follow you. You will be the leader here. So the next stage would be depression, So unfortunately for some people experiencing depression is part of the grieving process. And uh, I think some people are more susceptible to this. There, It could be, um, sometimes it could be potentially genetic or it could be circumstantial, the environment that you're in, the specific situation that you're in that could trigger these feelings of being depressed or suppressed And it might turn into something chronic where there's some hormonal changes there. But in general, I believe there's lots you can do to improve your situation and change your biochemistry so you actually feel a hell of a lot better. You can obviously seek um, professional help here in in these circumstances, but there's so much that you can do to help yourself. And just listening to this podcast is going to be one, just feeling comfortable to express yourself. There's no judgment here. Um, I've seen so many different cases from people that are that maybe their wife's had an affair, maybe they're the one that's had an affair. Things have happened in a relationship. they're not they're ashamed of, they feel so guilty. Um, they're in a financial position, that, which is now very difficult. They feel like their identity is just torn to shreds. They might have been dragged through the courts and things like that. And just this whole exhaust, exhausting process can take its toll on any human being. But just understand, as a father, it's normal. It's normal to go through um, some stage where you feel you feel depressed. You feel, a, you, you're not going to be, you know, skipping down the street straight away. You're not, you're not going to be um, living your best life, feeling amazing, waking up with a, a bounce in your step. Maybe some people are, if they, they're the one who initiated the, the divorce and they feel like a real massive relief for getting out of that situation. But, again it's different for different people and uh just know that depression is isn't to feel to feel that way is is very normal and there's loads of things that you can do to help yourself like you can check out the podcast on the the health guide that we have there or understanding your thoughts and and your beliefs and just doing things in your environment small things to get connected to other people make small changes in your life that can make a uh, really uh, big transformational, that can have big transformational effects. So give that a go. Lastly, we may move into, what well, we will move into at some point, is uh, the last stage of grief, which will be acceptance. So at the end of this long emotional process, finally comes this acceptance. It's happened. You're entering a new period of your life and you will find that eventually you will be able to accept and embrace it. So just know that emotions are temporary. All of life is temporary. Every relationship you will ever have is something that is temporary, including your feelings at the moment. This darkness, this angst, this pain, this difficulty, this challenge, everything will eventually pass. And just holding that thought when you're in it and you're feeling this really intensely in your body, just to know that I know that this will pass. And be okay with that, not to panic Don't panic when you're feeling extremely negative. And you may have many different thoughts going through your mind and they may feel like they're uncontrollable. And and it could possibly be that you need some real um, external support, whether it's through me or whether it's through uh, another professional, especially if you're feeling um, suicidal at some point because the suicide risk for men after... Uh, during and post-divorce is is much higher statistically, so yeah, you, you need you need love, you need love and support and understanding and non-judgment, and those things are really going to come from inside of you as well. Accepting the situation for what it is, accepting the person for who you are, learning about who you are, learning about your past your past traumas maybe your own childhood traumas that have that have come out during the relationship or you're still holding on to things or you've observed dynamics of your parents relationship and you've taken that forwards and maybe you've never questioned your own belief systems before And they're resulting in negative outcomes. So for you to move forwards, you're going to need to understand yourself. You're going to have to get clarity over what you want, refocus, and then comes a rebuilding stage of rebuilding your life the way you want it. How do you want to show up? How do you want to show up as a father, as a person? What do you want to do for your career? Is it something that you want to change? What kind of woman or partner would you want in the future? What would you be looking for? And then what kind of person do you need to be to attract that person in? And this is not an overnight job. You know, you're just going through, if you listen to this, you might be going through this grieving period. So this is something in the future. But I would just say to you, whatever you can do, stay pre- present. You can do breathing work. You can check it out on the internet, like breath work. If you just go into YouTube and check, check out breath work, this can be very helpful in bringing you presence. You know, you don't have to be a, a Buddhist yogi to do some type of meditative practice. Could be just going for a walk, could be like your meditation. It might just be sitting there for five minutes with your eyes closed and just breathing through whatever feelings you're having and then reach out, stay connected. You know, it's normal sometimes for men to just isolate themselves off and become disconnected from the world and feel embarrassed and not want to interact. But having some sort of social connection, interaction would be very positive for you when you can and you feel ready to do that, so those are the popularised stages of grief. But I'll also uh, transition this over to the Hawkins level of consciousness, which is like a, a frequency or an energy vibration that we give off. And from the bottom to the top, it will the lowest frequency will be shame and it's guilt, apathy, grief, and fear. So that's like the first bottom section. And a lot of your emotions will fluctuate between these probably during this time. So you might be, you know, feel really down, very shameful about the situation. Um, whatever's gone on it could be embarrassing for you. Your identity's been here. Everybody might know about it. Everybody might put possibly everybody knows about your business. You're not really happy about that. It can be a very difficult time. You might feel a lot of shame. You might move up to guilt, like we said, with the children, about the situation, what you feel like you could have done. But you can't change the past. It is what it was. And the only way is forwards. I know that's difficult. Then you've got apathy, the victim state where everybody else is to blame. You know, it's not, you know, they're to blame. They did this, they did that. And this is the point where we have to really start to take personal responsibility. And I mean, radical ownership of who you are and the outcomes in your life. If you hear yourself talking that way, blaming, then you know that you're at this low level of consciousness you're you're on that you're on that low end of the scale so then you've got above that you've got the grief and the fear that comes in that that projection into the future of your mind of thinking oh man i don't know where i'm going i just i feel lost here i feel there's lack of meaning i'm lost maybe your finances are down more than they was before and you're just struggling to get any type of clarity then you move up this scale you can move up to desire anger pride courage if you can hit those you know they're a higher frequency you might you might have that pride you might start to think right i need to look after my body i need to look, look after get my hair cut i need to groom myself i need to make sure the house is tidy i need to be a representation of who i want to be you might start getting that pride back. And that could come through anger. You might be angry with yourself for getting yourself in this position or angry with what you've done in the past or angry with where you are. And you just, it could be a bit of energy to drive yourself forwards. So this could be a higher frequency. And then we move up. So this is a scale between like a zero and a thousand. And and this Um, shame to fear, and then desire to courage is all under 200. And then when it hits 200, this is courage. This is probably what we're talking about in the grief stages, which will be the acceptance, you know, because above the courage here, we have neutrality, willingness, acceptance, reason, and we've got high consciousness, which will be love, joy, peace, and enlightenment. This is not a Necessarily a woo woo thing. This is just something that's quite practical. We do have like an energetic frequency that we're all giving off. And I believe that we can attract in certain situations, certain people, and understanding where you're at on this scale can be very useful because you can also use it to understand your ex partner. she could be feeling so guilty or apathetic in a victim state, blaming everybody. And then all of a sudden, she goes into anger and you think, okay, she's raising her frequency here. This is is actually a good thing. She's moving up the scale. Then, you know, you might see her dressing differently or redoing the house or something like that. You know that this is a positive move of... Growth forwards, but you can also drop down again. You know, you can drop back down to shame. You might fluctuate between them, but I think it's our life's goal to try and uh, achieve a default state, which is uh, courage and beyond the courage to move forwards, the courage to try to transcend our personalities, transcend our traumas, and become better people, better men, leaders for our children, and demonstrating more positive relationships. And not just repeat in the past, actually learning from the past and thinking, okay, how can I move forwards? Who do I need to become to get the things I want out of life? What version of me needs to show up? And radical truth. What version of me am I portraying to the world right now? Who am I really showing up as? Not the delusional and uh, denial version, but what's the truth of who you are right now? And being really honest with yourself, you might get to that, that stage because I think if you can. Really understand yourself and grow into some sort of emotional maturity, then you can uh, maneuver through these stages of grief uh, more effectively. You can really understand them. Your mental fitness will allow you to recover quicker and understand things uh, more deeply, be able to communicate better with your children, with your ex, be able to, uh, organize situations and face situations with a level of clarity and focus because you're emotionally aware and you're calm. You understand that your emotions are temporary. So there we go. If you like what you're hearing you can go over to johnhastings.info slash lessons. And there I will give you my five tips, um, five most important lessons, sorry, for dads pre and post divorce. So that's johnhastings.info slash lessons. And, I hope that it helps you because there you can get a free 30 minute private podcast on those five most important lessons for dads pre and post divorce. And I'll also give you the PDF as well. So you can quickly read through that if you don't want to listen to all of that podcast. But yeah, I hope that helps you. I know it's a difficult period in your life, but trust me, there's light. There's light at the end of this tunnel. Uh, motions are temporary. Understanding these stages can be very helpful, uh, especially for yourself and your part and your ex partner, and for your children as well, because they're going to experience some level of grief in this situation. And it's important that you're very aware and conscious of this. So. You take care of yourself and I will see you at the next episode. Bye-bye.